We work hard at being healthier. What? And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing and free home delivery on most beds. And Saturday. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. I'm on the walrus or the ranger Fighting for my life Trying to get on an island While escaping immediate danger Once we find that treasure No doubt that we'll be rich Time to plunder booty From our enemy's captive ship Took over 300 workers Just to make it quick John Silver in the kitchen Cooking up some shrimp The Nassau was running smooth Throw you in the abyss the younger crew was always been scared of Mr. Flint. Long coats, big beards, got our sharp blades handy. Sail the seas, taking ships, wanting money or some brandy. Your best bet to survive, listen to my crew members. Resisting and make it worse when you see us just surrender. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking Black Sales. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And I'm so happy to be here with you guys today. Uh, we have a wonderful episode for you guys tonight, and uh, we also have an announcement, too, about uh, future broadcasts as well, so we'll mention that a little bit later, but first let me introduce the crew. I'm going to start off with the one and only Yardley. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Same here. Everything's going great, and it's always good to talk black sales. All right, and uh, just real quick, uh, I had this asked of... Uh, of you um your what is your twitter handle it's at militant underscore marker and uh what uh, for those who may not know uh, can you tell people why it's militant marker oh well you know i've pretty much been into you know, art all my life so that was just kind of you know my handle which is kind of a nod to uh myself being a uh, an artist all right uh, it was asked of me uh, this week, so I said, "You know what? I'm gonna get him to say it on the show." So, uh, okay. Yeah. Nope. True story. Militant marker. All right. So, thank you for being here, and uh, also joining us is uh, the one and only Captain Olaf Barbosa. How you doing? I am doing fantastic. It's another great day in the wonderful state of Indiana. I'm excited to talk a little bit of black sales tonight all right well thank you for being here as well and last but definitely not least we have to save the lady for last it's the one and only jen how you doing jen hey i'm doing pretty good i'm feeling super black sales season three as i sail into a hurricane here hopefully i won't end up on another island marooned but (laughs) (laughs) i like what you did there that oh, yeah. was nice. Yeah, you've been pretty good with those uh, of late. 
Anyway, <laughs> I it's almost it like I should have my own show or something. I know, called, uh, <laughs> called Jen's, uh, I don't, I'm not going to say corny, but a uh, uh, unique brand of humor. There you go. Look, you know, I, I when you have kids, if you don't have kind of a dad present at all times, you have to do the dad and the mom jokes together. So you get real good at it. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep note of that. <laughs> That's good, though. I like that. I like that. All right. So maybe we should get down to the uh, the announcement first. Then we'll and we'll reannounce it at the end. But um, I think now what we're going to do uh, with the black sales content, as far as the podcast is concerned, is we're going to only go to once a month uh, of doing the podcast, which will be uh, the second Tuesday of every month, unless something happens and we may have to do it on a different Tuesday. <laughs> I think that, you know, being that there's no more new programs, I think that's really good. That gives us a whole month to kind of figure out what we're going to talk about. And I think that's a better way of spreading it out. So um, I'm definitely all for that. And then also we have a wonderful group. If you're not a member of, please join up where there's constantly dialogue about the show. So uh, actually, Jen, I know you're not prepared for it, but um, you are definitely, you and Jacqueline are some of the the big mainstays in the group. Kind of give us a rundown of what people can expect from the Talking Black Sales group. Well, we have a really active group. We've got over 6,000 members now. We do monthly trivia contests for all different seasons, and we've got awesome prizes that we give away. Uh, we've got art weeks where we showcase uh, different members' black sales art, whether it's uh, fan fiction or actual drawings or just all kinds of awesome stuff. And we even do something called the question of the week, which is think about something within black sales. We kind of craft it so that it's something maybe we hadn't thought about before and people get super creative. And of course there is always fangirl, fanboy, fan, fan person service with tons and tons and tons of pictures. So that's, I would say that that's a pretty good synopsis. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, and uh, the way that you can be a part of the fun is of course you can like our, our fan page as well, um, as well as join our group. Um, and also Twitter. We're at ta- Talking Sales, S A I L S. That's on Twitter. And um, our Facebook uh, um, like page is Talking Black Sales. And I believe um, uh, the group, uh, it's funny, I don't even have it right here. Uh, the group is uh, Talking Black Sales. Uh, Facebook. It is. Yes. Yeah, so all talking is either Talking Sales or Talking Black Sales. So you put talking and sales together, you got us. <laughs> so uh, make sure you like us on uh, Facebook, join the group, as well as um, follow us on Twitter. All right. And uh, also, too, we're we're doing this show uh, via Blog Talk Radio as well as Spreaker.com. And if you want to call in, the number is area code 657-383-1714. That's area code 657-383-1714. All right, so we got all that stuff out the way. Um, let me uh, first say that uh, it's good to be back. It's good talking about the show. And tonight we are going to be talking about two fan favorite characters, uh, or for some people, maybe infamous. 
uh, is uh, Woods Rogers and Billy Bones. All right. So uh, I think probably a good place to start off with is uh, Billy Bones because uh, they actually intersect. Uh, the characters do uh, when we start getting to the end of the series. <laughs> so, um, so since we're starting with uh, Billy Bones, Billy Bones, you know, obviously is a character from the the book Treasure Island, and I remember, you know, like he started out as for me as a um, as a hero, a fan favorite. Uh, they did the whole piece about him, you know, losing him at sea. And I don't think that fooled anybody that he was going to be back being that we know the outcome of his character. I think that was one of the early kind of moments, uh, with his character besides, you know, always questioning Flint. Uh, and it'll be interesting to get your take Yardley on your early thoughts of Billy Bones. <laughs> You know, when we were doing the podcast uh, at at the beginning, uh, we definitely didn't know what type of direction or the way that the writers were going to interpret this character and develop him over the series. I remember there was a point, though, where I think that we were disappointed because we kind of felt like his character was kind of, um, you know, muddling around and wasn't really doing much. But kind of in hindsight, after having saw the way that they executed the season, I kind of see some of the reasons why they did that. But overall, at least for me, I, I really did enjoy the character's arc because he was a character that they made you like, you know, at the beginning of the series. And then you find yourself not liking the guy in another part of the series. And then by the end of the series, you pity the guy. <laughs> so I think that they did a real good job of at least taking you on an emotional roller coaster as far as the character was concerned. And he's a, and he's a big dude too. <laughs> like he's not, he's not a little guy. So yeah. very imposing in his size and physicality. And um, we're going to get to some of his uh, fight scenes through the course of the, of the series. But, Definitely a formidable uh, person and definitely in stature as well as the character. So, uh, um, Olaf, uh, I'm going to turn it to you, too. Uh, what were your early thoughts on Billy Bones? Well, you know, I like in, in, in the beginning, I said I liked his character. And, you know, I kind of thought that, you know, they weren't really doing a lot with him. But. You know, as it, it likes, uh, like Yardley was saying, as things progressed, they really took him full circle from, you know, like him, don't like him, pity him, then like him again. So, uh, yeah, they, they really did, uh, they did a lot of work with him. Uh, and, you know, that's the one thing with the writers for Black Sails. They all, they seem to always, you know, have a direction for the characters that you just didn't see. They kind of sneak. They they would kind of sneak it in there, and you would like, wait a minute, he was doing this before. Now he's doing this. But uh, you know, I, I I liked this character in the beginning, and so like I said, got to a point where it wasn't wasn't all that great, and then uh, felt sorry for him at the end. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Jen, uh, you know, let me get your thoughts too on on overall. Was he a character that you had a hard time getting into? Or did you like him right away? Or what was your take on him? Well, wow. I uh, 
apparently I'm going to digress a lot. So I liked Billy uh, sort of, you know, in the very beginning, I actually liked Billy because he was Gates's man, right? I, it, it felt like that was a great relationship. But I didn't like whether this is just me being Team Flint or whatever. I hated the way that he challenged Flint. It was weird. And then to see him acquiesce to Flint, even with the, you know, with the Singleton thing and the page, and it just, there was something, that dynamic was so strange. Then in season two, Billy became this, he redeemed himself in my eyes because he put down sort of the quote-unquote rebellion, you know, he said, with the pardons, um, any of you who would take these pardons don't belong on this crew anyway. And those turned out to be the troublemakers 100%. Um, so he was totally right. And then in season three, he sort of goes through another good character arc, but a strange one where he's really kind of building up the the John Silver, whatever it is between him and John Silver. He, I feel like Billy is really the driving force behind who John Silver kind of ended up being. And then in season four, of course, you know, but I never felt bad for Billy. I always felt like Billy was sort of um, the master of his own destiny, whether it was purposeful or whether there was some circumstantial stuff happening around him. I always felt like his choices were incredibly, um, they were always sort of because he was doing what he thought was the right thing to do. So I, I never felt bad. Even at the end when he's like stranded on the island, I still didn't feel bad for him. Those were all his choices. He did that. He did every single thing in order to be where he was. And so it was really hard for me to look at him like um, I should have some kind of long empathy for him because, oh, poor Billy. You know, I never felt like that. So that's, that's what I thought. You know what's interesting about uh, this show as well as any show where it's about the anti-hero, um, you know, is these characters are pirates, right? And a lot of times we associate pirates as uh, anti-heroes or villains, or it, I guess it depends on the way that the writers of a show or a movie show these characters. So... My question to you guys is, you know, do you see Flint and his boys as uh, are they villains? But in this, you know, the way that they're depicted as heroes, uh, like, do, do you act, I mean, I know you root for them because you like the characters, but are they ultimately villainous characters in your mind? And and how does Billy Bones fit in that? Because he seems to have a, a moral center uh, even better than Flint at, at times. So I, I'm wondering yeah. what you guys think. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of, I mean, that's a, actually, it's a, it's a great question. And then, and sometimes I, I think back to, you know, I think one of our, all of our one of our personal favorite characters was um was Gates. And even though that they were pirates and they were all doing trifling things, it's characters like Gates that makes you forget that sometimes you're rooting for scumbags. You, you know what I'm saying? So I kind so I kind of wonder <laughs> you know, it I mean 
do y'all kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, right. It, it kind of makes you, yeah, you know, yeah. it kind of makes you forget that you know all of these guys are doing you know some horrible things from time to time, and I do think that a lot of these characters lost a lot, you know, with the absence you know of Gates. I do think that things kind of, you know, it, he was a person that had to to go, of course, propel not only Billy Bones but Flint, you know, in a certain direction as far as their character arcs. You know, when actually, I think Gates' death kind of had shockwaves <laughs> through the whole series for certain characters, you know. But uh, for me, I, I don't know if I can say that I view them as heroes, but I think a lot of people who were doing what they were doing, uh, some of the lesser known, you know, people, the lower level people, I think a lot of people were doing what they were doing because it was a way to survive. I mean, because it's dangerous. You know, it's just like breaking into someone's house. You never know what's on the other side. So this is a life that sometimes is going to have ups, but it probably has more downs. It's dangerous. Your life expectancy isn't long, uh, you know, living in that time period anyway. And then you add to that probably not eating well and fighting to survive. So I'll just say that they were people who had to do what they had to do, but there was a lot of, uh, what is, it was a, a wretched hive of scum and villainy, like the, the, <laughs> the whole pirate scene, you know what I mean? So, uh, uh, for me, I can root for certain characters, but it's hard for me to say that any of them were heroes, but they all did some things that I guess another person could deem heroic, even if it was mixed up in a shit show. <laughs> I don't know if I actually agree with that, but that it's that's a gr- I mean that actually it's like like Yardley said it's a great question that it really poses a lot of um there's a lot of moral quagmire involved in black sales where even if you are really rooting for any one of the characters what you're really rooting for at its base at its core is piracy and theft and it's difficult I think for us to simply put that aside but at the same time i don't know the the individual character arcs of flint and billy is is a perfect example right we know from what season two season two that that billy's backstory is really different from most of the other characters you know he basically had a place in society and because of some stuff that he did he felt he couldn't return to it and that is sort of that's actually a lot different than people that were maybe uh, sailing on other ships, people that felt like they'd been marginalized or left behind. I mean, none of that really applies to Billy. And so in a strange way, his story has far more hero appeal to it. I think you went astray, but still his whole story has far more hero appeal than almost any of the other characters. But I will say, with the exception of Flint, who I think actually did have um he had uh, a, a total heroic arc even if his heroic arc went off the rails after the death of miranda and some other things flint's story continued to be one of this is this is a hero's journey so mm-hmm. <laughs> oh okay uh, did we lose you no i'm, I'm still here i'm just i'm like it's See, for me, it's it's like it's it's difficult sometimes to know sort of how much the there's so much involved in in what makes Black Sails the story of anti heroes, if you will. But I think we bandy that term around a little too much because the the heroes of Black Sails were 
technically not anti-heroes. They were technically really heroes. It's just the way that we look at them through the lens of history creates an, a, a really odd juxtaposition for us to be seeing the lens, the, the well, to see the characters through that lens. And that's why I think we might not technically want to call them heroes. But that's just us. That's just where we are. I don't think that's in any way, shape, or form where the characters were. Like, none of these characters were Hannibal Lecter, right? That I would consider to be truly not a hero, right? And and if anything, worse than an anti-hero. Wait a minute. I don't know. Hannibal Lecter, didn't he say he, he only ate assholes? Well, that sounds terrible, ate assholes. I mean, he only ate, <laughs> he, like, bad he people. rude people. Rude, yeah, there you go. Yes, eat the rude, eat the rude, yes. <laughs> because yeah. remember that brother... They were asking the brother who was his guard. They said, aren't you, aren't you afraid that he's going to get you? He said, no, nah, he told me. He said, I, I treated him good. So he said, uh, I had nothing. To, he called me and told me I had nothing to worry about. <laughs> so, but uh, no, I hear what you I hear what you're saying. But it, it's it's always funny, though, when you when we watch these shows and, you know, uh, we've covered several of these shows. Uh, we covered uh, uh, Hell on Wheels and we've covered, uh, you know, some other shows and. The question is, is like, if we were living in those times, we even we'd be like those bastards on the sea, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt if we would be like, man, I hope Flint pulls it out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's just funny how, uh, you know, I, I was just thinking about it. But one thing about Billy Bones is he always in at least definitely in the beginning and throughout the series, he was kind of first it was Gates. And Billy Bones was like kind of the moral center backbone. And then it was really Gates was like, I mean, I'm sorry, um, Billy Bones was kind of like that check system on uh, Flint, you know. And uh, I thought the relationship between him and Flint was so uh, interesting till the end, you know. And uh, as we are, I mean, if you know anything about the story, you know, that they're going to be rivals and they were rivals from the beginning. And uh, so I, I find it very interesting about, you know, Billy Bones' um, art. But One it's thing. Funny. Uh -huh, go ahead. It's funny because because when you say that, right, Billy Bones, he was Flint's rival. But it what makes it so compelling is that even though they were rivals, they were really both trying to achieve the same thing. And that makes the story just so much more compelling and incredibly interesting. They're both trying to basically do exactly the same thing, but they have to go about it in such incredibly different ways. And neither one, it feels like, can give an inch to the other. You know, it's funny. Flint, we, we talked about it in the Flint episode, that Flint, you know, is not afraid to play checkers or chess with his, his, his crew's life, right? Mm -hmm. it, it seemed like that's not, I mean, I think on some levels, Flint, you know, loved his crew and he didn't want to see them perish, but that wasn't like the end all be all. It wasn't like, you know, if that was gonna keep him from his objective, it was like, oh, well, people were gonna go. Whereas it seems like <laughs> Billy Bones was much more, you know, devoted to the men in a way that maybe Flint was not. I mean, do you guys agree with that or, or am I crazy? What? Well, Flint, Flint would be, in other words, he was, uh, in other words, as far as the men, he was uh, the boss. In other words, he had a fear of respect from the men. And what Billy had with the men was 
he was kind of kind of their buddy, you know. In other words, even though it's like since they were they were kind of doing the same, like said, like uh, Jen said, they were doing trying or trying to get the same same get to the same place. But Flint would be the you know the overbearing. You do it because I told you to do it. And Billy would be was kind of like, all right, guys. Well, we need to kind of back him up. You know, he was kind of the soft sell on the hard sell. Uh, on if that if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Well, I have to, I do have to say this, but like in terms of Flint, uh, you know, and the men, I think a lot of the men did what Flint said because they knew that he knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't, you know, because I, I never really, I think that that was one of the themes throughout the series is was flint kind of establishing why you know a person would want to follow the guy but mm-hmm. uh something i wanted to, to ask y'all quickly and then i'll dive out of the way here um sometimes i had kind of felt like and i, I can't remember if we mentioned this on the show but sometimes i felt like they made Billy Bones too soft. I mean, I know that he's done some trifling stuff, but there were times when I was watching it when I was like, huh, they, they picked Tom Harper, this big bruising guy, and there were some times where he probably was acting a little bit more timid than I thought that his character uh, would get. Now, right now, I'm really short on specifics, but that was something to just in my memory kind of recalling that you know, I, I don't know. It kind of felt like there were times when they made him weak, but maybe that's what they were trying to do to, you know, make him more of a force later on down the stretch. But did y'all ever get the feeling that sometimes he was getting punked out or losing fights? <laughs> kind yeah, of easily? yeah. You, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it was just kind of weird. Yeah, I did get that. Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah that's a great point that you bring up. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the background that, uh, that um you were talking about jen uh is why they they depicted him in that way you know um i don't know but or is it to show that flint is you know you know the g that he is so they have to so, make him a little lesser well so so in the beginning in in season one billy is subservient to gates uh clearly he's also subservient to flint but he still challenges and questions flint in season two after his ordeal at sea, he comes back and he is he is not so subservient, but he is loyal to a fault to the crew. And that continues all the way through Charleston, right? When he basically tells Vane, hey, I got a way that you might be able to get Flint out of there. I mean, that I don't think that Billy didn't do that for Flint. Billy did that for the crew. That's that that piece is there. And then in season three, when we when things start ramping up with the war uh, against England, the 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 I don't think that they make Billy weak necessarily. But I think that Billy is always a supporting character, which let me just say is sort of an important aspect, because I don't see a way that the writers get around the fact that Silver is not a strong character without some kind of mentor, which Billy had with Gates and Silver doesn't have. I mean, Flint is not his mentor. Flint is sort of, uh, Flint stands in sort of uh, an odd uh, 
he's he's at an odd fulcrum point with Silver. Sometimes they're evenly matched. Sometimes they're often on different sides. Sometimes they're standing on the same side. But Billy always sort of has the um, the wherewithal to again be in his own convictions. So if his convictions are 100% with the crew, then that's where they are. If his convictions are, we need to save the pirates from the English invasion, that's where his head is at. That's what he's going to do. Like, I don't see Billy as being weak as much as I see him as being 100% dedicated and always pushing a plot point forward. Even even when Vane got hung, it was it, Billy was standing right there, ready to jump in, and Vane was like, uh-uh. That, see, th- there's something about the way that Billy was written that says, I'm the, I'm the moral support for everybody. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, well, that's kind of, that's what I was uh, kind of leading to, is that Billy was more of uh, being with the men and getting their support by, you know, yeah, he lost a few fights and things like that. But it puts him on the same level as I mean, it puts him on the uh, same kind of a, of a feeling with the crew. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think how to, I can't. I can't express what I'm trying to say. But uh, you know what I mean. It's like that. He's like you say. He was the moral kind of like the moral compass. Kind of kept things. Kept everybody from getting completely crazy tried to keep Flint a little bit in line and then from with Gates kind of mentoring mentoring him between the two of them they kind of kept it all going in a you know in a somewhat moral direction even though they were pirates he, Billy Billy made Long John Silver I mean he made right. him he didn't just he didn't just it it's weird because I we were just I have a friend that hasn't seen this yet, and so I've been rewatching, and I just rewatched season two into season three, and there is a scene on the boat after the storm when Billy basically tells uh, Long John Silver or John Silver at this point, he tells him, "Look, you're never going to be able to be Flint's match unless you stand up to him, unless you find a way to stand on his terms." And then there was the whole shark scene, and. In that moment that Billy is telling Silver that, that was Billy mentoring Silver into this is how you can defeat Flint or this is how you can be Flint's equal. And I don't, I feel like that never would have happened. Silver was not a strong enough character to do that on his own. He Mm -hmm. needed Billy. I think that that makes sense. No, yeah, it makes makes good sense. Um, It's being that you keep your ear to the ground Jen in the fan community. I'm I'm really interested to get an idea of how the fan base uh views uh Billy Bones. Um I know there's a lot of Vane fans and there's a lot of Silver fans and Flint. Um I wonder though where where would you think he would rank in there? Are you is he in the fans top 5 in your estimation? Uh how do most of the fan community see Billy Bones? You know, it's funny. I I think if you if we if you have fans that have never seen season four, Billy can stay right up there, and he can be just as popular as any other character. But the moment that season four rolls around, people see Billy as a traitor, 
as a traitor to the cause, as a traitor to Flint, as a traitor to, I mean, you know, how many times have I I've seen posts that say Billy got what he deserved? And I mean, it's funny how they really turned on him a, like a lot, forgetting all the stuff that had been done prior in his name. So I, although Billy always incites a lot of discussion. If you put it out there that we're going to talk about Billy and we're going to talk about, you know, is he, was he a traitor? Was he uh, loyal to the cause? Who was he the most loyal to? Everybody has an opinion. So in that sense, it's a little misleading. I do think he's popular. I just think people love to villainize Billy because of the end of the series. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how people do forget some things with characters you know it's like you know we we talked about it with the the whole um uh eleanor uh situation it's like when people forget vane killed her dad you know like as we always like to say it's like it's like if they like a character and if another character does something against that character no matter what they did to the character it's like people are just so funny how they will turn on 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 a character no matter what, <laughs> what their overall contribution was to the to the group or were they justified in whatever it is that they did you know it's just the way i guess you you look at it um being that uh uh we you know we teased at the beginning of this discussion about how um the both characters that we're going to talk about tonight do intersect um i think this is we can actually talk about the intersection and then move on to woods rogers uh and then kind of go back to the front of the beginning of his character on the show but um i want uh jen to talk about that intersection of billy bones and wood rogers at near the end of the series well uh, so can i make a suggestion sure okay i i Personally, the, the, the reason that I think that this will make more sense if we talk about it after we figure out, after we actually talk about Woods Rogers, is because I think a lot of the motivation behind what happens between Billy and Woods Rogers is, is a byproduct of both men having very similar ambition. I don't mean their ambition is similar and their goal is similar. They just have very similar ambition, which is to be true to whatever the cause is that they are uh, that they are engaging in. And and if we understand Woods Rogers as a character, it may make more sense as to why that was in a I don't want to say an appealing choice for Billy, but why it may have been sort of uh, a choice that Billy couldn't walk away from. So never mind my great segue into the the, the so, two yes. characters so, so fuck mind. all that we're just gonna <laughs> skip sure why not jen let's do that <laughs> so start from the beginning with woods rogers and just ignore my great segue which was perfect and then but okay we'll just add like that didn't happen so wood rogers the beginning <laughs> jen <laughs> Okay, uh, but, uh, th this this character I actually really didn't like. I didn't like anything about Woods Rogers, but let's just start with who and what he was, right? Woods Rogers starts out, uh, we see him first in England as he approaches Eleanor and says, I've got this venture, this is what I want to do, I want to go to NASA, I want to bring rule of law back to NASA, I've got all these investors, I've got people that are paying me basically to do this b big, you could tell this was a big financial venture for him. 
And he takes his ships and starts sailing to NASA and under Eleanor's uh, mentorship, he learns all about the kind of ins and outs and they come up with a plan to basically re-govern NASA. And he's got pardons for all the pirates. Oh, exactly like Flint had planned. But he's he's got even bigger, I think, plans going on. The The moment that Woods Rogers steps foot on NASA, I think, was obviously we know from history sort of what happens. But from in the Black Sails universe, it seems to me that the moment that Woods Rogers steps foot on NASA, that's when things start spelling the beginning of the end, both for the pirates and for uh, and for most of the character arcs, they all have to kind of come to completion almost the moment that he steps foot on the island. <laughs> That's that uncomfortable pause there. So let me let let me jump in real quick uh, <laughs> with um, uh, Jim. I'm so when you sorry. Were... I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm still suffering from a cough. So every now and then I have to like mute my mic. So <laughs> no, I it's okay. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I was just, I was just saying that um, uh, Woods Rogers as a character, as far as the the fan group is concerned, I you know I dive in there you know every now and then, and I'll you know I'll peek around. But um, how much of a topic of discussion is his character, and how do people perceive him um, in, in the group? Or are there are does he have any you know big fans in the group? Because I don't think I've ever seen a thread. Uh, that was necessarily dedicated to him. Well, we, we've discussed it, but we've always discussed it as sort of, uh, you know, what was the end game? And when, and a lot of people like the fact that Woods Rogers sort of got his quote-unquote comeuppance at the hands of Jack Rackham, um, because that allows us to sort of, again, look through the lens of history and see, oh, yay, the Pirates won. Um, so yeah, he's very villainized, extremely villainized. What I find absolutely hilarious about that is that we villainize Woods Rogers for standing up and doing the very thing, the very mission that Flint made his mission in season one. It's, it's astounding that people are, I'm, I'm not saying that they're short-sighted, don't get me wrong. It's just astounding how incredibly invested we become in our characters that we can't see the irony in those kinds of behaviors. So uh, the other thing is Woods Rogers is not kind of a, a quote-unquote fangirl favorite. So he doesn't sort of have the loyal following that other characters have. Um, and I d it's odd. Remember we talked about this with Vane? It's odd, but that sort of propels conversations. Uh, and it, it, it confuses me sometimes just because there is sort of a difference. But from the character standpoint, eh, he just doesn't have a whole lot of super fans. So... Yeah, he, you know, when you were mentioning that you didn't really like much about the character, like, do you feel, because we know that you're an avid reader, so we knew that you read the social material. We also know that, he, um, you know, him being inserted in this. Actually, how do you feel about the um, the execution, though, of how they inserted him in the story? Did you totally dislike that as well, Jen? No, I, I didn't. I, I actually think that, that there was no way for Black Sails to be 
uh, a show about how or a story about how NASA's rise and fall, we all know that piracy didn't, you know, thrive into the next century. There's no way to sort of tell it without having an adversary as equally forceful and strong as Woods Rogers was. There just wasn't. But I do sort of think that they made Woods Rogers into the villain of his own story when they senselessly didn't need to do that. It, the Woods Rogers story would have ended perfectly well if they had been able to somehow incorporate the fact that he understood that he had to run part of the streets of Nassau in tandem with the with with piracy as the understanding, not as the rule, but as the understanding. In other words, I'm going to look the other way as long as it doesn't interfere. But they couldn't do that. And I, I, I still to this day don't really understand why they brought Woods in just to basically fail, even though we know that that's not really what happened, right? Does I don't know if that makes sense, but that it, that's where I kind of get uh, uneasy with it. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I, I know that I there are people who I know who have watched the series that were kind of rooting for the relationship that he had with Eleanor. How'd you feel about that aspect of the story? <laughs> well, that's I mean, me personally, I I liked it. I I think that Eleanor needed to have I should say it the other way. Woods needed Eleanor. He, uh, there's no way he could have succeeded without her, not in this story. But I also think that both of those characters had been through enormous amounts of difficulty and um, enormous amounts of character strain. And so the the small reward, basically, of like having a relationship is so minor in comparison to the amount of suffering that they so that the writers kind of put them through. So it felt to me like that was a good choice. What where it really goes off the rails for me is when they kill Eleanor. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Eleanor shouldn't have been killed, but they kill Eleanor and then they use that as the motivation for Woods Rogers to basically have like a psychotic break. And that bugged me because I know the writers were way better than that. And they could have come up, I feel like, they could have come up with something that was a lot more true in keeping with how things may have really happened. Does, does that, I don't know if that's a complete explanation, but I, 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 liked the, I liked the relationship. I just didn't like the way that it was executed at the end. Yeah, okay, I feel you. What did you think? You know what, I, <laughs> I kind of liked... Uh what they did with the characters. I agree with you. I mean, maybe um, some execution down the stretch um, was kind of suspect, but I don't know. I thought that those two characters uh, were characters that kind of fit together. Well, um, I, and you know, and personally, even if it's for a short period of time, there's so much, so many things that go on in this, uh, in this series, all of these characters, that even when you do have those very, 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 very short moments of people, at least, you know, sometimes you have to convince yourself that you're happy. And, and I think that some of that was kind of going on with Eleanor, too. But uh, by that point in the series, um, I kind of thought that the he and Eleanor, at least for a moment, uh, you know, gave them a little bit of happiness that they needed before the storm that was coming. 
I'll, I'll, I'll tell you point blank. Just a little bit. Season three of Black Sails felt like constant torture with all of the characters, except Woods Rogers and Eleanor, who had some... Eleanor still had, you know, kind of regal Queen of Nassau bearing, even though she'd been stripped of that title. She still had it. Even on the boat, I still felt like, oh, my God, she's on the ship, and she's still sort of in command of Nassau's secrets. And Woods Rogers, uh, just by virtue of him continuing to learn about what was happening in Nassau and then the execution of the pardons and all of that, there was something nice about that character or about those characters coming together because it felt like there was like both progress and something hopeful to look forward to. The rest of Black Sails at, at those moments, especially in season three, were about just constant one thing after another, suffering, suffering, suffering. And I'm not talking about like, well, get into a fight suffering. I'm talking about true character torture where, you know, Flint, they go through the storm and then they're marooned on the island. He's lost all hope. He's having hallucinations of Miranda. Silver is dealing with his leg and the loss of hope himself about whether or not he can continue to represent the men Vane is basically you know thrown off the island for lack of a better term and uh practically run down in the streets by people that want to turn him in for the bounty those things felt so torturous that the small bit of hope and uh eloquent storytelling in the two of them coming together that felt good to me. And maybe it's just fortuitous because that's just what was happening at the moment. But I felt like it, the series needed that. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think for me, in certain aspects, I thought that that relationship worked on screen better than uh, she and Bang. Yeah, I agree. Because they're more, to me, they're more um, suited in a way. I don't know. In a, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I feel you. Yeah, well, more. I don't. I I mean, I know a lot of people would argue about whether Vane and Eleanor were more suited, but I think that that is just pure nonsense. Because I think you're right. Woods Rogers and Eleanor had far better. Uh, they were better together as a couple. Just Vane and Eleanor just happened to have animal chemistry, which is not something that is usually sustainable. It burns out like a candle, super blazing hot, and then it's gone. But Woods Rogers and Eleanor had something more. They had uh, they had intellect in common. They had strategy in common. They they had big picture in common. Does that? Yeah, I hundred percent agree. No, I I just want you to tell us once tell us more about that animal kit. Uh, <laughs> what did you call it? <laughs> well, you know, I, I I personally think that that is part of the reason that people also did like Rogers, they didn't like him because somehow he wasn't vain. And yet at the same time, they don't like Vane for being with Eleanor because, oh my God, why would Vane be with Eleanor? But it's like, you know, you can't have it all ways. Why wouldn't they're... Yeah, well. <laughs> wow, Kinte, you should be a fangirl. You would fit in so well. <laughs> uh, well I don't know yeah. about the girl part, but uh, yeah. 
hilarious. And, and, and he had a little, and he had a little bit of skills, you know, uh, on the battlefield. It, it was kind of funny because remember when we were coming like right off of this series, uh, when he was kind of showcasing his skills with training, you know, with, with the sword. And then next thing you know, we're looking what on a Sunday, and he's like Arthur Dane on Game of Thrones. So uh, this guy, mm-hmm. I, I think that this guy, uh, he had a pretty good year that year. You know, would you say? Oh yeah. I think it's that way. What is his name? His name is um. Uh, it is. I'm oh my gosh! His, I'm looking at his uh, page. Uh, Luke I, Roberts. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were looking for uh, with Rogers' names. <laughs> I yeah, I was trying. I was, well, I had. Yeah, I had. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I had like the the um, the Black Sales Wiki page open, and I'm kind of seeing that they're slipping a little bit because they usually have, you know, the character breakdown and they have the actor, you know, on the on the right, and they didn't. So it's kind of my fault for breaking up the <laughs> breaking up the flow right there. But yeah, he had a great year, and uh, I actually wanted to segue right back to uh, to Jen. Have you seen him in any projects since Game of Thrones? Have you been tracking his career? Uh, uh, are we talking about Luke Roberts or are we talking about Tom Hopper? Because they were both in Game of Thrones, right? Roberts. Oh, that's right. He, he sure uh, was, right. I, that's right. Hopper got a flambeed there uh, <laughs> with his pipes. That's right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm talking about the uh, the guy who played Woods Rogers. I saw him in something recently. Um, was it... I? It might have been Ransom. Um, and he he is a really good actor, by the way. He's he he's definitely has some serious screen presence. But that role, the role as Rogers, that's not the roles that I have seen him in previously. So he definitely took on a very different persona for this for Black Sales. Everything else that he plays in, he seems like such a straight cut guy, like you know, run of the mill, average Joe kind of guy. So it's quite interesting. Because I don't think Wood, Woods Rogers was completely not that at all. Well, yeah. I didn't think. He... He... Well, I mean, I mean, to to be honest, like I, really outside of uh, you know previously uh, previously when I was really tracking like on on social media, uh, there's actually there's a few people who were on this show where I haven't really been. Um, I haven't really seen them like Clara Paget. Uh, you know what I mean? Like what are are, are any of these uh, actors? To your knowledge, because I know that you keep your ear to the ground, um, <laughs> uh, Jen. I, I, we know that Tom Hopper has you know, has a few things that he's got slated, but well, but are there any other actors just off the top of the head? I didn't really want to get too much off topic, but who else is is anybody in anything big? Like I'm not talking well, about like you know like Toby you know. Toby Stevens is in uh, Lost in Space, which is it's it, I mean it's it's for kids. Oh, yeah, he, he's it's in a awesome. movie as well and, he's and he is yeah, yeah. what is that gosh what is um, the movie he's in and you know actually i think isn't he in two coming up um i'm almost positive because he did uh he did another um after lost in space there was this whole big thing that he did but i can't remember what it was he he's like a navy seal in something yeah um, that- that, that that's what I was thinking. Uh, okay, so the, I, I didn't mean to take the show off the rails, but I'm like kind of. <laughs> once I started looking at these things, I'm like, hey, what what is everybody else doing? Because I know that then, they're, you know, 
And then Zach has been in, uh, he's, he was in a Death Race movie, which is supposed to come out later this year, I think. Uh, another Scorpion King, which is going to go straight to DVD, I think. Um, and he also did a series called Damnation. And he's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as, uh, what's his name? Um, <laughs> what's his name? Yeah, what's his name? You know, the guy. Uh, I forgot. But anyway, he's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. I, mean, um, I haven't seen one episode of that show. Really? Oh wow, you're missing out. It's actually nah, it's on Netflix, so I'll catch up. Um, and who else? Okay, so Tom Hopper. Yeah, he's been in uh, a couple things like we just talked about. Um, I'm trying to think of who else has been sort of uh, in the limelight. Luke Roberts, not so much. I haven't heard a whole lot from him. Um, the uh, the lady who plays Miranda. She was in a series called The Outsiders. She was really good for oh, one season I might there. have to watch that. That was good. She was actually really good in it. She plays a totally different kind of character, and she was excellent as it, too. Uh, they're sort of uh, uh, Appalachian. It's like an Appalachian um, uh, clan. So she was really good. Um, and Clara, I don't know about Clara. I haven't seen anything with her in quite some time. But the rest of the the cast, I, I I mean, I know that they all have like small things, but I nobody has sort of risen to the level of prominence that Toby Stevens and Zach McGowan were kind of in the middle of. Unless you guys know of anything else, I got nothing. Well, but definitely, I, you know, I was tracking Lost in Space and Toby Stevens. I mean, his face just. <laughs> kind of sticks out now because I'm I such a fan, you know, from Black Sail. So now I'm like, you know, him or his mother, they, they're like beacons, <laughs> you know, when I, when, when I see them or whatever, they can be in the background, you know, or whatever. But the, the only reason why, like I said, just, you know, looking at Woods Rogers and just looking at these actors and we were, you know, making the parallel to Game of Thrones just kind of launched me into, you know, what is everybody else going to? Because I don't, I don't really track their social media accounts um, as much. I used to follow Clara on Instagram, but I do still have access, you know, to the Twitter accounts, but it's just, it's not as, as much fun to have a list of black sales actors and then <laughs> not constantly seeing things related to black sales. But um, I haven't been tracking it as much, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that everybody's keeping busy, but uh, like you, Jen, I'm always excited for, I'm, I'm excited for the lost in space to come back. So, We'll, we'll see what's going on with that. Yeah, me too. I that he was actually really, really good in that. So it's funny because you know when you see these people as sort of the pirates, the well, the the truly uh, despicable creatures that the that the show kind of really builds them up to be, and then you see them in sort of like wholesome kind of almost or demurring roles is even more jarring. It's amazing because you really get an awesome feel for how these actors as people just propelled the fictional characters that we love in Black Sails to the prominence that they really attained. That was just 100% skill on their backs. And it's fabulous. It really feels pretty amazing to see them in retrospect in other stuff. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, yeah. Uh, to see, you know, our favorite characters from Black Sails and other things. Zach McGowan is doing really good. Um, I believe uh, Luke Arnold's doing pretty decent as well. 
Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Luke Arnold, right? He's been doing a lot. And also he's now in a third season of Glitch, which also is a Netflix well, it was a Netflix show and it's that's pretty good too. He's he's got an interesting role in that. And our girl, um Kennedy, uh she's doing uh she's on Agent of Shield now. Oh, is she? Did I miss her? I think she just started. No, I'm sorry, Flash. Oh, I was yeah, like, she's what? on Flash. Yeah, See, yeah. listen, if she was on Agents of Shield, I'd start watching it tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. But Flash, I just can't go back to it now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, it's funny how all the pirates are ending up as superheroes. This is, or not in superheroes, but in the superhero universe. That's a that that I think there might be a story in there somewhere. Oh. Have to investigate a little. That's what happened to uh, Anson Mount. Uh, he w- was on that show in Humans. Uh, I never watched it, but I don't think it lasted too long. Now he's on Star Trek, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I don't know about that new Star Trek. Uh, I haven't heard uh, much. I like about it. it. I, I like it. I, yeah, I, I totally like it. I've got. Yeah, I've got it. Um, yeah. I've got it. <laughs> well, it's our our producer. Our producer is uh, the producer of it, so. I, I probably, I think for me, I probably enjoy it just mainly because I'm not like a super Trekkie. So I don't really, I'm just basing it off of what I'm seeing and not, you know, the Klingon doesn't look the same and all, you know, all of this stuff. You know what I mean? I just, that, that doesn't really, that doesn't matter to me. I think overall, I mean, I just, I feel like I enjoy that more watching it the first time than some of the other series i mean but hey what do i know i was a fan of star trek enterprise and apparently star trek fans hate that so <laughs> <laughs> well you're in good company <laughs> all right so um uh we got to the end of the show um once again i want to reiterate that we will now be doing this show once a month um we're going to try to do it the second tuesday of every of every um, month. So uh, fans, you know, whatever characters you want us to talk about, please go to our fan group and let us know. Um, also, there's something I want to try. I haven't even told you guys this, but um, I'd like to do a, a an episode commentary on at least the pilot and the finale, or maybe we'll let the fans vote maybe three other shows, three episodes of the the season or one per season. Or something like that, but I definitely want to at least do the pilot and the um, the finale. So basically, when we get some time, we'll go into what's that thing called, rabbit or bunny or whatever that thing is, and uh, we could <laughs> we'll, it's something like that where we could watch the episode and we'll record our our thoughts during it. That might be kind of fun just to to because um, I haven't seen the pilot in forever. Yeah. So it be it might be kind of fun just to. For us to sit back, watch the pilot, and give our thoughts as the pilot's going. So, well, we we may have to have uh, a bit of a smackdown for the series finale because, yeah, the there's just that many dissenting views about the end of Black <laughs> Sails. So you know, it took me interesting. It, it took me like three or maybe four goes of trying to watch the first episode of Black Sails before I could get through it. <laughs> I, once I got through it, I think I had to kind of hold my nose till about the third episode, and then I was all in. But it's, I don't know why. I, I would watch it, and then something would distract me. It just didn't, it didn't really grip me as much. 
But then once I got to the third episode, I think I, I, I was good on that show. But yeah, it was rough. It was it was rough for me. I think I mentioned it on our mm-hmm. first podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we I think we we both feel the same way. But now knowing what we know now, I think it'll be interesting to go back and watch it. And is it you know does it hold up? I know you recently saw it, uh, uh, Jen. But does it you know the question is does it hold up? Is it, is it is it more entertaining now that we know everything now that we're invested in the characters and whatnot? Yeah, I I actually think that it, it's sort of crazy. It's I, I mean I've seen every season probably three four at least four times, and the first season still makes me I still see things in the first season that I didn't notice in any of my previous uh, any of the times that I watched it before. It's it, it's a there's that much complexity to sort of everything or you notice a nuance you notice uh some subtle look from some direction and go wow you know what that actually makes me think something completely different than what i thought before so i think it's totally worth it hey i want to ask you guys all a question if they were to make a black sales movie would you watch it of course yes yeah, I'd watch it. But the only movie would be Treasure Island, though. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're talking about a did, prequel. What if they did a Black Sails movie that was prior to the series? Uh, I don't. Then that would make me probably less likely to want to watch it. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I would watch it, but I probably would. You know, I for purposes I, of the show, I probably yeah. definitely would watch it. If yeah. we weren't doing a show on it. I, I, it would be questionable if I would. I mean, because I, gosh, I don't, what, I mean, I don't what know. story that, would that there was, be to tell? Really, that was back when Flint was boring, Silver was stealing cookies, Vane. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, right? You know, but I, I would, t- I would totally watch it just so we could dive in here and say how. <laughs> what if, okay, I got a, I got an even better question than that. What if they made a Black Sales side movie that was purely about the fuck tent? (laughs) Wait a minute. Black Sales colon fuck the fuck tent. (laughs) I I, I think there actually may be porn out there that has already done that. (laughs) The origins of the fuck tent, how it got, who built it, uh, when they start using it. Well, hey, I'm that's... figuring out black black tails is not about pirates. If you can tell you that <laughs> booty, they they hunt they on the hunt for some booty though. <laughs> oh man, maybe that should well, be our yeah. ne- that should be our next uh, retrospective is the fuck tent basically. And, and I guess Blackbeard would be in there, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'm I'm not 100 percent sure I could do 60 minutes on that one. Like you guys all can, t- you can lead that one. <laughs> oh, I think you got 60. Oh, I so think now you, have you 60 ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> you... Oh my god, you guys finally tripped on the one thing that I don't have a lot to say about. <laughs> I have a feeling you'll have more than you realize <laughs> to say on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> They need some men in that tent is what they needed. There there were men in the tent. (laughs) They were definitely men in the tent. (laughs) Um, uh, Well, okay. Yeah, technically you're right. Darn it. (laughs) All right. So we're going to start with you ladies first. Jen, how can people get you in social media and tell us about your websites? 
Okay, social media, you can get me on Twitter at followingbliss1, and you can find my websites at moviesmakethemeal.com. It's a website that kind of provides recipes and theme night ideas for all kinds of shows that we all love to watch and some of the ones we podcast. Uh, you can also find my blog at criticallaughs.com, critical laughs with two L's, and well, I think that's it. Critical laughs. That's serious laughs, right? It's very serious laughs, yes, indeed. All right, I love it's, it. And it's critical that you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, uh, Olaf, how can people get you in social media and all that good stuff? Uh, well, you can stalk me on both Facebook and Twitter at Olaf Barbosa, but just don't stalk too close because I do get nervous and I do have an itchy trigger finger. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, Yardley, I can be able to get you and tell us about your podcast as well as uh, social media. Once again, uh, my Twitter handle is at militant underscore marker. And you can also uh, follow a podcast that I host called Creeping It Real. We're on iTunes, Podbean, you know, everything under the sun. Uh, we talk uh, pop culture, paranormal things, horror movies, just whatever is going on that's uh, kind of cool. And actually, you know, with today being a Tuesday, I forgot that Hereditary came out on digital today, but uh, that's also one of the movies uh that we actually reviewed on the podcast so uh give us a listen and uh you know we'll definitely appreciate it yeah i'm gonna shout out for that podcast because it's really awesome you guys all should listen to it uh thank you yes and uh the i believe it's the last one right i was the one i was on right yep yep it absolutely was uh yeah because uh we we actually oh that's right because it was uh it was too early for you uh jen yeah uh, sorry yeah, Kente uh, came in there and held it down, and uh, it, it was pretty fun. I, we got a little bit more in depth in, into, um, you know, you know, into the uh, into the movie Return of the Living Dead, but it was definitely it, it was fun because um, I can watch that movie over and over and over, and it's uh, it's always just as funny. And we actually made a point. Uh, then we, we talked a lot about uh, trash being naked throughout the, uh, <laughs> uh, pretty much throughout the whole movie but uh, it, it was a lot of fun so uh, anybody who wants to listen in it's Creeping It Real Show uh, you know, just check us out and you can follow us on Twitter at Creeping underscore It Alright and you can follow me at Kente F on Twitter and you can go to our website IndieRadio.org that's I-N-D-Y Radio.org um, uh, there's no more shows for the rest of the week here on Indie Radio, but we will be back next week with uh, a spotlight on a special day, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. We'll be interviewing uh, singer-songwriter Linda Marks, as well as we will have, uh, not this Thursday, but the following Thursday, the season two finale of Cinema du Fromage, and the final two movies are Westworld, Versus Batman 1966. <laughs> so in that episode, you will have the showdown between uh, Jen as well as uh, King Penguin. Um, Jen will be repping for Westworld uh, and uh, King Penguin. And that's Westworld, the the, the uh, movie, the 1970s uh, movie versus um, King Penguin will be uh, repping for Batman 1966. It's like, go Westworld, go Westworld. 
Westworld. <laughs> Thanks for the moral support. <laughs> yeah, it's like, go Westworld, yeah. I'll be the moderator of that battle as well as we'll be giving our Cinema de Fromage Season 2 awards. So uh, you'll find out what is the most, what we find the most cheesiest, uh, the most uh, politically incorrect, the mo- what is it, the worst actor. <laughs> so we'll be doing all of that for uh, the Season 2 finale. Not this Thursday, but the following Thursday, which is the 30th. Yes, the 30th. So uh, a lot of fun there. Um, I want to thank everybody and have a wonderful and beautiful rest of your week. God bless. Thanks for listening. Hey, Jack, haven't seen you in forever, mate. Where you been? I'm around, you know, busy with beanstalk stuff. Oh, that's right. Jack in the beanstalk, of course. And there's the giant still coming after you. Ah, yeah, sure. I run right through his legs. It's no big deal. Did he change his little saying? It, it used to be fee-fi-fo-fum, right? Oh, yeah. I suppose he decided to get rid of fees. Unlike cable, with AT&T Internet, you won't see extra monthly fees on your Internet bill. Sign up at att.com slash Internet and pay $40 a month. No extra monthly fees. The end. AT&T. More for your no surprises thing. That's our thing. Comparison based on publicly available info from Comcast, Spectrum, and Cox as of 8-15-2018. Price for Internet plans 10 to 100 megabits per second. One terabyte of data and equipment with 12-month agreement when bundled with another qualifying service on one bill. Excludes government charges. Not all speeds available. Check your eligibility at att.com slash Internet. New approved residential customers. Up to $99 activation or installation fee. Up to $180 early termination fee. Taxes and restrictions apply.